Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Best day ever. We are coaches, trainers, retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, but didn't start our careers doing this. Jason worked in public accounting, and I worked in corporate retail until starting our dream business in which we help people from all different industries pursue their best day ever every single day. The goal of this podcast is to interview both each other and other professionals making an impact on the world on how wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. This podcast is about teaching people to actively pursue their purpose and how to use self-care to do it. We're here to show you how the best day of our mindset is available to anyone at any time, no matter your circumstance. It's your choice and we're here to encourage you. Have the best day ever. This episode of the Live Better podcast is brought to you guys by Navitas Organics. Navitas Organics is committed to creating a healthier world through reinvigorating organic farming and plant-focused lifestyles. We've been using Navitas products um, on our retreats as well as personally for years now. Uh, This is Brett. I love to make my crazy tea in the morning, so I add in matcha, turmeric, and their cacao. All of these are organic and raw. Blend those up together with some almond milk, and that starts my day off with an energy boost as well as a longevity-focused way to approach the day. And I use the cacao reishi longevity blend more as a tea or an additive. And I will add that to a bedtime tea as a wind down. And I like the cacao because chocolate is a good addition to just kind of like tea at night and just feeling good before I'm ready to wind down. One of the other things I love using is their detox formula. It comes in a single serve packet. So I bring that with me while I'm traveling. So right before I get on a plane or when I get to a new hotel room, it's just a really good way to clear out your system. Again, we've been using these guys and and love their message and everything that they're doing. So if you guys are interested in them, make sure you check out Navitas Organics and have the best day ever. All right, team. Brett and Jason here with Zach and Meg. Zach, founder and CEO of Navitas and Meg, co-founder, wellness director. Thank you guys so much for being on the Live Better podcast. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. So we just worked out. Uh, you guys just went through it. Berries. How did that go? It was great. I, it's my first time at Berries, and uh, I was just telling you guys I was a little bit sick over the holiday, so I was a little intimidated going in. Um, but uh, as I said, it was kind of the perfect balance to a workout where you feel really good. You don't feel like you've just killed yourself. <laughs> but you feel really worked out, and, and we did good parts of the body today. So yes. thank you for that. Of fun. course, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming. That was so fun to, to have you guys there and, yeah, and to have that. you guys here. I have to go later. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to come later. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we uh, obviously have been using your guys' stuff and products for a long time, and everybody that's ever been on one of our retreats has made a concoction with, with Navita. So we want to learn about from where it started to where you are now to how you guys are a B Corp to the culture from the people that we've talked to in your business. It seems incredible. Uh, and then along the way, your guys' journey through the brand. So let's just start like right from the beginning. So let's talk about like, how you came up with the idea, how it started. And um, as Jason and I are, are co-founders of our business, we always love to learn where that spark came from and uh, how you guys began it. And then we'll, we'll get to where you guys are at now. Right. Well, um, I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur and 
had been uh, independently running businesses for quite some time since the mid-90s. Um, and it was really kind of just uh, you know, part of our well own wellness journey that brought us to an opportunity to get into the health and wellness industry and organic food industry through an old friend. Um, and certainly is a big inspiration and extension of Megan's lifestyle that I started to adopt a little bit more as we got together of eating healthy, eating a little bit more plant-based foods, um, starting to branch out into truly organic diets and, and really, you know, being pretty religious about eating organic foods. And um, once I got introduced to Maca, which was our, our flagship product, our first product, um, I got fascinated by the industry and I could utilize a lot of my experience from previous businesses, being an import-export and some manufacturing and warehousing and distribution and apply it to a new industry. Um, there was a pretty steep learning curve there early on, um, but once I got immersed into the industry early on, I just really fell in love with it um, and it really kind of propelled me to elevate my own wellness journey and really be more focused on that. Yeah, I'd say we were early adopters of sort of the organic plant-based movement. Um, you know, I became a vegetarian when I was 15 years old and stuck with that pretty much until my, I was 30. Um, now I eat fish occasionally, but um, organic and the, the value of organic became a really important aspect um, of health and wellness for, for us at that time. So when the opportunity fell on our lap, it was like a perfect match and um, kind of still is today. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a friend of ours that we met, well, a new acquaintance that we really connected with recently, um, I think it was Megan who said, yeah, we're like health food junkies, and she's like, bingo. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's you guys need to talk about that more. So, um, and now even more so than ever. And, um, you know, we like to travel a lot. We're, we're big wanderlusters with our kids. Um, so we like to try new foods and, you know, all of our foods to begin with were all indigenous, ancient indigenous foods. Um, so we explore a lot, whether it's food, diet, certainly. Um, I was a little surprised when I thought about that Megan hasn't done, hadn't done berries yet because she literally will do any sort of I'll do fitness. Anything. Anything. <laughs> For, I'll, I'll do anything once and if it's, you know, if I like it, I'll stick with it. But yeah. I, I have a little Same. bit of ADD. Same. When it comes to exercise. Yeah. But that's I have good one though. favorite thing, but I otherwise will try everything. What's your favorite thing? Um, I do Latin dance. Latin dance. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> nice. Get some goji bears and go Latin dance. <laughs> 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 but I think it just, it's so interesting for, to hear you guys talk about it too, like coming from an entrepreneurial background, because once your lifestyle becomes ingrained in what you do for work, it is just like take off. Yeah, because it just that the passion carries over when you when you notice like oh I'm I'm eating all these foods I feel healthier I feel more energetic and then it becomes your business that like mix of the two of what you do for fun and what you do for business just makes you so much more invested in what you're doing for work. Yeah, and it really was able to combine travel with my work. Um, it was like early on it wasn't a ton of travel, uh, but it was to exciting places like Peru where I hadn't been before. Um, it was, you know, every other year we'd go down on sourcing missions and learn more about the farmers, learn more about how the products are cultivated and the practices that they use and the traditional farming methods that we learned about. Um, so more recently it's been more flying to Austin, flying to Minneapolis to meet with customers as we've shifted the dynamics of our business. Um, 
so it's not as glorious travel. And even those trips to Peru, because we had a really young child at that time, like literally our 16-year-old is a marker of our business because he was in the womb when we started the business. So we literally so really cool. threw the dice, <laughs> partly because um, I moved to the United States from Canada. I'm originally from Canada. And uh, you know, when it came time to sort of reposition my career, I couldn't think about getting a job. And we were moving, we were in LA, and we were gonna move to the Bay Area. And I'm just thinking, wow, Canadian kid, no college degree, but a hard work ethic and a lot of experience. That's not gonna necessarily fly in the Bay Area to get in, your foot in the door. And I just said, I gotta go out on my own. Um, but, you know, so we have this kid that is now bigger than me, and the <laughs> business is much bigger than I ever imagined or envisioned. And, um, you know, really, just blew up in the mid 2000s and just really, you know, surprised us. And I think, like you said, it, it the, the work was never that hard because we enjoyed it so much. Um, the risk was a little stressful at times, and certainly juggling a, a little infant. And so when I go off to Peru, I'd literally be like, okay, how fast can I get down there, get up over the Andes and down into the jungle and back up and over again and then get home. So I would do those trips in seven days. And two of those days are traveling to and from the United States. Um, so that was really grueling work. But those five days of adventure, like I would not recommend it for anybody. Um, like stretch that out to, you know, make it longer. Um, but it was integral in to really get this real deep connection to the farmers and the people that we were supporting and the economic development that ultimately happened with us uh, growing our business here in the United States. So one of the main things that you guys are focusing on, and, and you've talked about that forever, but you know, really making a focus now is the, the sustainable organic farming. And um, you know, we hear it all the time now with you know people starting to really realize that you know our planet is something that we can help or hurt. Um, and I think your guys' mission is amazing because of the sustainability, the regenerative farming. So uh, one question is, as you guys have grown and continue to grow, how do you maintain the integrity with that farming, that organic nature, that um, sustainable practice as growth becomes part of the mission. Um, you know that as businesses quote unquote scale, it's very hard to maintain that integrity as you do so. So how have you guys kind of combated that, whether it's you know people throwing money at you or taking these massive orders that you know might seem outside of your scope, how have you like hung to your roots um, to maintain that being like a staple part of your business? And how do you f believe you can do that going forward? Well, so from, I mean, we are just relentless in our quality control standards, especially as they pertain to organics and um, the traceability of that. Um, and that was probably the steepest learning curve that we had early on is how the organic system worked. Um, because here in the United States, it's an honor system. And you really, there's a lot of people that won't be so honorable. Um, and in about 2008, 2009, as we were scaling really fast, and the challenge wasn't necessarily could we, you know, source the, uh, you know, the quantity of ingredients we needed to serve our customer base. It was the speed at which we could do it. Um, and that was having a pretty negative impact on our mission to um, bring these ancient foods that you can't grow here in the United States uh, in a very efficient but mindful way. Um, 
and that's slow boat up from Peru, and we were air freighting product in just to keep up with it. So as we approached 2009, 2010, and we had an established business, and we had probably 30 employees at that point in time, we partnered with somebody, another company, to help us scale the business that really was aligned with what we were doing. In fact, they had been doing it a lot longer. And so their specialty is to source the ingredients and ultimately work with the farmers, scale that, actually educate farmers, provide you know, unlimited resources for them, um, you know, farmer, farmer schools, you know, how to seed, you know, how to do it uh, regeneratively, which really is just traditional farming in most regions, while putting together co-ops of small family farmers. That's really what drives, you know, agriculture around the world. And more often than that, I think it's over maybe 50, 60 percent are women. It's actually higher. 70, 70, 70 percent of smallholder wow. farmers are women. Are women. Which is great because it, it kind of feeds that juxtaposition of, you know, families with micronutrient deficiencies. If you give economic viability to women, you empower them to feed their families with healthier food. They're the drivers in the general health and wellness of the region based on, on just giving them some empowerment and some economic, um, you know, power essentially yeah. within those dynamics. And so it's, so that's, we're really excited about that. And, um, but ultimately it's not hard for us to stay uh, really close to that mission. Um, that's what we've done since the beginning. And it's the most important thing driving our business, the value system of organic and now regenerative organic, um, and maintaining that sort of autonomy of smallholder farmers around the world. And so uh, I think it just is the ethos of our company. It really is. And so it's not hard to stick to that. That's a purpose that we, um, we just doubled down on that by um, excuse me, <clears throat> switching our, um, changing our mission statement to sort of reflect that a little bit more um, explicitly. We're, we're now, we're committed to creating a healthier world through regenerative organic agriculture and plant-focused lifestyles. So we believe that those two things, eating more plant-based and um, expanding regenerative organic across the world or here domestically would be the ideal, but we've got quite a stronghold with big ag to deal with, but those two things are such an amazing um, climate lever that we could be, you know, all enacting if we were all a little bit more conscious consumers, if we let it guide everything we do, every purchase we make, um, we can make a significant difference and combat this climate crisis. So I think that's really where we're headed now um, with regards to our purpose and the ethos of our company. But um, Yeah, and educating the consumer to make wise choices. Now that's why it's important to get this message out as much as possible um, because you know we feel like just the base level is you know adopting an organic diet like that is so important not only for your body but for the planet um, and certainly what you feed your, your family and children um, but there's still even more choices that you need to make in the store and why to support brands that are having a positive impact and doing more than just slapping the USDA logo on that. Uh, because there is different grades, so to speak, within organic agriculture. And we're just relentless in our pursuit and finding the single best quality, no matter what the price is. 
and then trying to provide it at the fairest price possible to the consumer so they can you know make that choice easier but it, it's a challenge when you have startup brands in this day and age that literally just can have a laptop and a co-packer and an Amazon marketplace and they have no infrastructure they don't they're not supporting a team of 50 people with a full-blown wellness program and benefits and then giving back wherever we possibly they're not can. vetting their sources they're not vetting those you know those farms where where uh, the products are coming from and I mean it helps to have really strong partners in that area um, but again like um, quality is so important when we're talking about these foods um, you know you kind of lose all of the nutrient benefits if if they're farmed incorrectly so it's or processed and processed incorrectly. Yeah. yeah they have to all be handled to some I mean we the next level is getting into food safety and you have to have critical control points um, to make sure these foods are stable you know and ultimately sit <coughs> on a shelf for a year plus um, so we have to apply heat in a very uh, you know, thoughtful manner to stabilize a product without damaging the nutrients. Uh, and what you find is just people trying to drive the highest level of efficiencies so they can get the price down, and then you're having a nutrient void, you know, product. What's the point of, you know, eating cacao nibs, which can be a <laughs> challenge for most people yeah. if the yes. antioxidants and the flavanols are no longer present because they've been burned off by too much heat or for too long of a period. What do you guys think the biggest challenge is in that whole system between more farmers doing it the right way all the way to more consumers just choosing the right brands or the right food? Like, do you think it's harder to actually get the product manufactured like at a fair price on a shelf, or do you think the bigger challenge is getting consumers to make the right decision about who, what brand they buy from, what they pay for it? Like, do you think it's an education on the consumer side or harder on just like the actual manifestation of getting the product on the shelf? I think there's a lot of really great companies right now doing a, an amazing job, and we're lucky to be in an industry that has, you know, that's been led by pioneers in the organic food movement, and um, and and really trying to drive the highest level of nutrition, even with, you know, even in conventional foods. A lot of them have moved to organics over the last ten years. Um, but they didn't have the access that we, we do now to organic, so they had to start with conventional. But they were you know, applying really thoughtful processing techniques and then combining the ingredients in a really thoughtful manner to create you know, high nutrient value foods and convenience. You know, the explosion of the bar market is an example that was pioneered by Cliff Bar 25 years ago. Um, but I think now it's ultimately our big, one of our biggest challenges, helping the consumer decide to make the right choice. And the, you see the retailers making interesting choices. You see even companies like um, retailers like Whole Foods and their proliferation of the 365 brand. And it's hard, you know, like you go into some aisles and it's completely dominated by 365 private label um, and they're decent quality products. Um, but at times they've eliminated a great brand or reduced the footprint of a great brand to give themselves more shelf space as they have to drive profits for their investors. And um, so I think that's the biggest challenge. And then there's, you know, for us starting in the early 2000s out of the raw food movement, there was only one or two national superfood brands. Yeah. And so we just blew that category up and luckily had the ability to scale and the experience and know how to, how to do it, it was a challenge. Um, and now there's, 
I mean, there's still new superfood ingredient companies coming online every year, and it just blows me away. I'm like, why would you want to get into this? (laughs) We've just lost margin. It's already tight, so, you know. know, And and so it makes it hard for the consumer. They have to be, um, they have to do a little education. I, I would personally look to the brands that have been around a long time because they don't last if they're not driving quality, they're not, you know, providing you know safe foods um, and I think that's a good place to start and that doesn't mean there's not great startup brands there's been so many amazing brands just in the, lo- the 16 years that I've been doing it um, and even more so in the last few years uh, so you know but for, for our particular little category of superfoods there's only a handful that I would really trust um, and I, the new startups, I don't know why a consumer would choose that unless there was some sort of relationship or connection to it. Yeah. As you guys have built um, the brand, it's, it's, it's awesome just to hear, like you were saying, like the ethos of your company hasn't changed. Um, and, and you mentioned, you know, you've been around for this amount of time and you've created this um, image as well as the efficacy behind what you source. And another very important part about sustaining that is creating a culture within your guys' business. And I've spoken with people on your team, and like, there's some like I've had 20-minute meetings go for an hour because they're just like full of life. And um, that book that that we gave you, The Infinite Game, is that's what it's about. It's about creating something um, beyond the product. Um, you know, you have the that is is amazing because you guys have invested in in the reasoning behind the product as much as what the product is, but also creating a culture and a business that sustains itself. And it's like, those go hand in hand with what you guys are doing. It's cool because like, you're giving back to the planet, you're giving back to your consumer, and you're also giving back to your employees. So personally, Jason and I are expanding our team and we're growing. And so I would just love to hear over the 16 years, how have you guys been able to create a culture in which I call somebody on your team and I ask like, how's it going? And they're as excited as anybody could be. What are some of the, tidbits, the pointers you guys have learned as building a business, you know, now employing 50 plus people, how do you guys do that? Well, um, first of all, I mean, we just have fun together for the most part, um, working together, collaborating. Um, it's, there's not really a heavy top-down approach. Uh, we empower our employees and team members to really take charge and, you know, help lead the brand and the organization forward. Um, Megan said a little bit earlier as we were talking about this question was, um, you know, we don't take each other too seriously. Um, I took it and said, well, we like to work hard and we like to play hard. Um, and, you know, I just think it's, you know, if you have a fun, you know, place to work, then people look forward to coming to work every day. Um, we have a great little campus that we built in, in Novato, which is the northern part of Marin County, just um, north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, but I think, you know, one of the biggest game changers for us in the last 10 years was Meg pioneering a, a wellness program. And I'll let her talk a little bit about that because I think that was like the, the biggest step we took to really investing in employees. We always had fun doing it and it was super challenging, like early days, trying to meet deadlines. You know, you were talking about how did we keep up with it. I mean, literally packing bags at the last minute, <laughs> putting yeah, them in boxes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I will say that I've done pretty much every job in the company, some for extended periods, and I would still go back and do any job at this stage of the game. And that's what we see. I think it was a few weeks ago we needed kind of an all-hands situation, and, like, 
everybody grows up and yeah, we're like, okay, so we have too cool. many people. Yeah. <laughs> don't have many we actually didn't need all the hands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's just a great <laughs> team uh, effort and people really love to work together. But I think the, the wellness program that Meg should talk about was really instrumental. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to start by saying kudos to you guys for kind of making that pivot in your lives too, you know, where you guys were working other jobs and decided to, you know, do make work what you love. And I think that that is like, that's, that's it right yeah. there, right? If we all did that, we'd have a lot more like empowered and happy, well, you know, happy people walking around and, and communicating with one another. But um, so yeah, the thing about me is I, I ended up leaving the company after a few years of helping to build it and start it to become a nurse. I worked in um, healthcare for the about six years, just became totally disillusioned with that system as a means to improve health and to, to help people achieve like their best self. Um, and it was kind of ironic because we were in the, you know, the, the wellness industry and I kind of left it to kind of go to this dark side. And, <laughs> and I, was really, um, I was really moved by a program that came out about five, six years ago. It was a CNN documentary called Escape Fire. And essentially what it did was like just lay out all of the horrendous statistics that we know about healthcare spending and how we just put a Band-Aid on our, all of our health problems and that the healthcare system is actually um, you know, in business to keep us sick. And it just turned me off to what I was doing and realized, oh my God, you know, we actually have it right at Navitas. You know? let's, let's empower people to be you know, employing pre preventative healthcare. So I, I decided with Zach, you know, he, I said, let's build a wellness employee wellness program here on campus where we educate, you know, we do health education, we do lunch and learns, we bring in, try to bring in healthy food. We obviously make smoothies all day long at, at Navitas um, and people eat the products all the time. But, you know, we've tried different ways to bring in, you know, just healthier options on campus. Um, we built out a, a fitness facility in our office and we have yoga um, a few times a week. We have um, cardio kickboxing, and we have um, an old school weight training program that is designed and run by our esteemed nutrition specialist, um, Arthur, who has a background in personal training. And so those things are all happening, and meditation as well. So it started to really be kind of like, you know, it was, I got it to, it wasn't easy to get it implemented. And I would say with anything, employee wellness programs were really in supported under the Obama administration because you used to be able to like, you know, bigger companies, bigger than ours, used to be able to leverage those types of programs to reduce their healthcare, um, you know, costs, um, insurance costs. Um, we were never in that. We were always going to be doing it a different way but um, because of the size of our company. But essentially, um, we know that our products um, are, are literally for the people who are looking to increase their health through their, you know, mindful action of eating and whatnot. And so we wanted our employees to sort of, you know, walk the talk. I mean, we, we had, can't be on the phone advocating if we're not, you know, if we're going around the building and having a cigarette or, you know, if we're not working out and we're overweight and we're dealing with challenges with, you know, you know fatigue and just, you know, overwhelm. So it started to really kind of take off, and I will say it's super important in those situations to have somebody who's a champion at the head of the company. And if you don't have that, it, don't, it will not succeed, it will not take off. But people in our company started to realize that they had the flexibility within their day to go and take a class 
No one was going to be looking at the clock to make sure that they were back at their desk at any, at, a, at any time. And it took about a couple years. But now we really have like a very free-flowing community of people who take their health super seriously. They take time out in the middle of their day to take yoga. You know, they come in early to take Arthur's class. Um, and no one's judging them. In fact, we're, cha we're, we're literally cheering them on. And we're really excited that they're taking their health um, into their own hands and, and improving their day as a result. So that's really kind of um, something that we're super proud of at Navitas. I think we do it really well because it's supported from the top down. Um, and I think our employees really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way it works. We've given enough corporate talks where I can see if someone's like the leader of the group, manager, <coughs> VP, whatever, sitting in the front row, and they're just kind of on their phone or nodding off and like, you're going to go back, and there is no social support for this at all. Nope. Like, it has nothing to do with the fabric of no. your corporate culture to take care of yourself in the office. No. And like, not only is it not even supported when you want to do it, it's just brushed under the rug or like looked down upon. Right. And it just won't change unless you have that top-down structure because people that come into the company have to watch the person that they're going to work for live and breathe it. Otherwise, they don't feel like it's valued or important. Every and there's definitely no like return on an investment the other way around. I was just going to say, either. everyone in business is looking for, you know, what's my return on investment with this, right? And so a lot of bigger companies like, you know, the Safeways and the big companies of the world, the things that make the headlines out there, you know, this employee wellness program really worked, all these people lost weight. Well, they're checking their biometrics, right, on a monthly basis. And there's all this backlash, too, with regards to, you know, invading my privacy. I don't want my employer, like, you know, weighing me or, <laughs> you know, I don't want to get on, you know, like that kind of stuff, right? So that is the challenge, right? So we've moved into a completely non-traditional ROI discussion around our wellness program, and a lot has to do with employee well-being and, and sort of, you know, general satisfaction with their job. And low loyalty, we look at absenteeism, all that stuff. But we created a, a tool that's kind of modeled after the Gallup, um, the Gallup survey, which is the Navitas 12. And we give it every year. And we look at the data, like, basically, we, to see how, how engaged our employees, how much they participate in the wellness program what their stress um, reports are, like how do they self-report that they can manage their stress or their coping mechanisms, and generally just like their overall satisfaction with coming to work every day. Like we have a question that says, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you to come to work to every, every yeah. day? And it's been increasing year after year after year. I mean, it's our results are like together. literally within the 80 to 90 percentile. Wow, so and you know, we always get like one person who's disgruntled, because you will, yeah. you know, that's the way of the world. No one gets paid enough. That, yeah, well, right. Nobody gets paid that's, enough. So, yes. That's it. That's it really marker. does come yeah. down yeah. to that. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's something we can be really proud of. And it's, it's, non it's not conventional, the way that this um, wellness program has been built and evaluated. But I think any like just pre preventative, like real, true wellness program that actually cares about employee well-being, like can't really be that objective. Like subjectively is just like, are you happy to come to work? Yeah. There are no biometric exactly. boxes that you can check to say, I'm satisfied with what I'm doing. I feel fulfilled. I feel supported by my coworkers. It's like, it's all a little bit intangible in the way that they 
like have autonomy for their own work, but also how they feel supported by your work group. So like trying to fill in that objective box with like, well, my resting heart rate is this. Well, like, I'll, I'll you can make correlations, but the intangible part of it is that just like simply, are you happy? Do you like coming to work? Like, are you excited to go to work for a company like this? Do you like, do your vision align? Those yeah. are. And then I'll just intangible. add that those bigger companies that do those, you know, the, that do do those objective measurements, I mean, they don't work. And so there's work. been a ton of <laughs> backlash about employee wellness programs not quote unquote working because they're basing it on models like that, you know, where basically someone will lose a ton of weight, lower their blood pressure, meet a certain criterion to like lower their health insurance, and then five months later, they've gained all the weight back, yeah. they're smoking again, you know, they've got, you know, whatever it is, it's a very short-term fix, and it's really, for us, it's building in long-term, like, how do you take care of yourself? How do you show up every day to like, just kick butt, you know, yeah. in your position, in your life? And that's what wellness is. I mean, that's like the ethos of our business is helping people improve their wellness so that they can give more back to others and their team, their company, whatever that may be. So I like that you guys call it like a wellness thing because that's what it is. It's like, and that's what your guys' products do, right? It's like you're not injecting people with steroids to lift the heaviest <laughs> weight. You're giving them something that's going to increase their longevity which so that they can go back and perform better. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that that's where it all has to stem from, which is so It has cool. to be self-directed. And totally. to be sustainable. And I think ultimately that is what we're hoping to inspire with our products. And it's also what we um, are hoping to inspire within our company culture. Yeah, and, and we continually invest. I mean, it started like we recognized probably like 12 or 13 years ago once we got up to 15, 20 employees. We're like, wow, like people should be eating our food. Like our team, like, and they did. <laughs> we make food, but, but yeah. we're like, oh, we should give everybody forty or fifty dollars a month of free food, yeah. and everybody jumped on it. And now, like, it's like we have a process, and it's got to be done because there's fifty orders a month, and so just empowering people to, you know, experience our food and products um, was a big step. And then most recently, probably what I think two years ago, we went unlimited PTO. So you got to get approval, of course, and you know, but it's pretty flexible work environment for us, and you can feel that ebb and flow in the office at times, but it really empowers people um, to be excited about the company, to come and work for a place that allows that flexibility, and that they're not being judged. They're not being judged if they take time out to go and do a class. They're not being judged if they say, hey, I gotta be there for my kid's doctor's appointment and I don't have to take a PTO half day or whatever. Um, you know, what we found and what the study showed us is, and we got really nervous about this, is that when you do unlimited PTO, people tend to not take PTO. Yeah, I was just about to ask you, it's, uh, it's, do you, have you found that people have taken less vacation days or is it just? It's not less, but you do have to push some people. But <laughs> yeah. some of those, breaks. but some of those people just don't, don't. take breaks. Yeah. So it's the, the same people with the same habits. Um, and uh, Megan and Arthur. So Arthur's our, our senior product specialist and nutrition guru and old school workout He's the master. <laughs> and um, and just so passionate about food and health and wellness and they talk about it all the time and they read studies on it and it's it's so important to take advantage of these programs you work just so much more efficiently for yourself and for the company and you need to take those breaks and and you know really try to shut it down it's a little bit harder as you get further up the top if you're gone for two or three weeks to completely shut off but you know 
you do have to you know turn off the phone and just get de- disconnected and that's a struggle I have I know Megan is oh, like yeah. sitting there going yeah you, <laughs> listen to yourself <laughs> so Always. but it's important that we continually try to find new innovative ways to empower the team and keep them engaged and excited um, and certainly the food is like the you know the base level for it yeah I think it's it's just interesting when you take the approach of a wellness program to to meet your employee where they're at instead of having these baseline boxes to check. Like even when you go get blood taken, like the the safe uh, area f- or like the safe zone for some of these biomarkers are insane. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like well, being yeah. two points above the minimum threshold is high not blood optimal. Yeah, yeah, is not optimal. Although so, in the in the clinical setting, in the healthcare setting, they'll actually treat you with a blood pressure medication in that case you could have like two points over on your you know systolic blood pressure and and you will be written a prescription for some sort of hypertensive medication and you know that's where we have it all wrong and I and and so I think you know having having these opportunities within the workplace is actually you know one of the most groundbreaking ways that we can start to like improve health across the board, you know, because people spend 80% of their life at work. Yeah. And if you're building in opportunities for health and wellness at work, then, you know, you've got that built in, right? I mean, we, we all we all know how important it is to get a daily workout. Such a great commitment, though, for you guys to also have your employees, like, get to consume what you do for your job. Like, that is also so rare, that what you do for work is something that you want to do in your personal right. life. Normally, there's just, like, big work-life balance cut off, like I have to separate myself from work, which on the PTO day, we totally get it. We're working yeah. all the time. Yeah. Because um, well, you you're obsessed with it. Like, yeah. it's your baby. Like, this is what you want to yeah. do. Like, this is why I'm excited. That's why we're doing this for work, um, which I think is, is awesome that you guys get to integrate your products that you make in your work day, which are making people healthier, which make people come back and work harder. It's nice. Yes, kind of figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's easy when you have a warehouse of organic plant-based foods <laughs> um, and say, hey, yeah. there's blenders here, yeah. go have at it. And um, it's not quite a smoothie competition, but everybody has their, their recipes. variety. Yeah. Oh, you should see Some are. Try this. Don't let Breck in near your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, we had an employee, I forget how long ago Dan worked for us. Um, and he would make these smoothies that were just so intense, you know. <laughs> and, and one of our uh, founding partners, Ward, an old friend of mine, he makes pretty intense smoothies too. So everybody's got their own flavor. You know, like with way too many calories. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like three days worth of calories yeah. Like, yeah. packed into a fruit smoothie. It yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, yeah, no, I'm going to pass on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take yeah. a pause. Yeah. But no, my favorite, one of my favorite things is like, you know, around four o'clock when you start to slump or whatever, there goes the matcha cart. Anybody yeah. want matcha? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, perfect. I was just needing that. How did you know? So what are some recommendations you guys give to, so we talked about educating the customer. Um, what are just a couple simple things? I mean, if it's plant focused and there's so many of these different keto and plant-based and vegan and raw, like you, you walk in, someone walks into the supermarket what are just like what are some simple things that they can be doing to get on the path to maybe that like higher level of of like eating and, and nutrition? Yeah, I was gonna ask that. Like, what's the most accessible way, or what's the easiest way for people to access this like higher level nutrition? And then like, on the back end of that, and this might fill in like what would be a product of yours? Maybe that would be like here's the push 
because I think that you know, for some people, they hear the word superfood and it's like slightly intimidating, mm-hmm. um, or it's like, oh, what, what is that? Like, why is this bag of product twenty four dollars? Like, what is that? I could go eat at a restaurant for a week for lunch for that. So maybe like, what's the step in, and then like, what would be your first product that you would have somebody try? So, or both. So many comments running through my brain. <laughs> I mean, what's interesting that is a huge barrier. You know, is um, what are these foods? Where do they come from? How do I use them? How do I pronounce their names? Like, and it's actually very simple. Um, and then the thing that came to mind is like that $24 bag of food will probably last you a month or more. And the $24 that you're going to eat all week at McDonald's or Burger King will actually kill you. So it's a simple, or easy investment. Or at Whole Foods, it'll get you, you know, Whole a Foods lunch. Has a lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whole Foods has gotten one fed- kombucha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they, it was, I was at the airport. I'm flying to out here the other day, and I bought a Project Juice, and literally the woman was like, "That's ten dollars," and I said, "Yeah, it's really expensive, but I'm still gonna make this choice." Um, but it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for people that are you know, uh, on limited income, limited budget to make these choices. But most of our products will last a very long time. First of all, their shelf lives are a year to two years um, and stable and the nutrition sticks. Um, I would say the best thing to do is to probably enter in through some of the foods that you literally you can just sprinkle on yogurts and cereals and granolas, oatmeals, um, salads. salads, like like using hemp seed as an example. Mm-hmm. That is one of the most nutritious foods on the planet. Um, and no, there is no THC in it. It won't get you high. You cannot <laughs> smoke it. Um, it's just full of protein and full of omega fatty acids and fiber. It is literally the, num- the, the yeah. number one superfood we sell. You can just take that and eat it out of the bag. And they're really buttery and delicious and not a ton of flavor. And then when you add them to salads, they start to absorb the flavor really well. And so people putting all different seeds on their salads now and people will be resistant to the ones that they don't know. Um, that is probably the best one you can use. So it's a great entry point, it's very versatile. All those products can actually just be thrown in a blender with almond milk or coconut water, ice, banana if you want, spinach. We, spinach. we try to go light on the fruit um, and, and you know really use almond milks and you know nut butters butters. Um, but it's actually very simple Um, I would say our number one selling product is our cacao powder which is just a really perfectly processed form of cocoa powder where most of the flavanols are retained in the processing of it Um, so you're gonna get a massive antioxidant boost by putting a teaspoon or a tablespoon in your smoothie Um, or you can sprinkle it in. It's a little more challenging because it's like a cocoa powder to sprinkle on it, Um, but certainly uh, enhancing a yogurt is very easily done with that. The berries, the goji and the mulberries and the golden berries are all very versatile. You can eat them out of the bag. Eat them out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, if you like tarts. I always call those those the healthy sour patch kids. That's right. Everyone calls them. That's the best. I'm like, I've given those people and they're like, oh man, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's unbelievably yeah. good for you too yes yeah, yeah. yeah. and so um, and then we have some really great newer innovation products um, that we brought out over, uh, out over the last 10 years that are a very easy entry point so our power snacks which are just coming out in a single serve um, so those will be like less than two dollars and it's just a nutrient dense date great. 
based, you know, superfood loaded snack product. Um, we have our single serve um, essential blends, and that's like one of our personal favorites that we use in the morning. Uh, you literally just pour that with eight ounces of milk of choice. We use unsweetened al almond milk ourselves. Organic. Organic. <laughs> Everything's organic. So. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and just shake that up in a shaker bottle, and boom, you're on your way. Um, and then our newest product, and some of our, uh, what I, I think is our best innovation, is our new uh, single serve um, sachets of matcha latte, turmeric latte, and a cacao latte. And it's all plant-based, non-dairy. Again, you just add eight ounces of hot water, mix it, or whisk it is a little bit better, uh, and you have a ready-to-drink matcha latte that is just delicious. And those we have those all the time. Matching <laughs> the cacao those, ones. And yeah, those are only two bucks. The cacao ones are so good. Yeah, yeah, that's only two bucks. I'm not a matcha person, but the cacao ones are phenomenal. Yeah, and yeah. the turmeric one is multiple really... of these podcasts. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I think that there's a lot. Like, I think that has been our biggest challenge is getting to the consumer beyond all of us who have already adopted yeah. this lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and so literally like we feel like we've been educating for 15 years and it gets a little frustrating. Yeah. And so we've come up with a new approach. We had names of the consumer and this and that and the other. And, and we actually adopted two new names of our consumers that we're going after. And that is Arthur and Jody. And Arthur is the diehard, like all of us. And Jody is the next one up who's curious, but intimidated. And Still skeptical. Still skeptical, education. but needs education, but is willing to try it, and but want I, needs her hand held. All and of Chicago. Yeah. yeah. There so you go. That is, Jody that is, is all of Chicago. So well, good. We can tap yeah. into this market. <laughs> yeah. So, Meg, what else do you have I to say I would definitely about it? say, I mean, the, the nutrition wars are never going to end, right? And everyone has, you know. that, the nutrition wars. <laughs> they totally are. And everyone has, like, the new thing that is the best diet that you can adopt yeah. for <laughs> longevity and disease prevention, right? And keto is now the new thing. Um, but, you know, we need to get a lot more intelligent when we're talking about, like, nutrition advice to the general public um, because these keto diets are compelling, I'm not going to lie. Um, and we kind of went totally backwards in the 80s with our, you know, over-reliance on, on carbohydrates and, you know, low fat yeah, and everything. So yeah. we've kind of now need to peel back what was, like, really terrible advice for the general population <laughs> as, like, diabetes just took a major foothold in our in our country and we basically you know that we've got it's one of the biggest you know um healthcare expenditures we have is you know on on diet related diseases but in particular diabetes um so we just need to get a lot more intelligent and all of the longevity studies in the in the world tout a plant-based diet as being the most anti-inflammatory and the most uh beneficial for for long-term health and so Plant-based diets, plants need to compose a, a really large portion of your diet. Um, and I would, I would ask the consumer to really start to think about, you know, am I eating enough fruits and vegetables? Now, fruits are a little bit taboo, a little bit in lesser quantity just because of the sugar. And, and the insulin spiking is essentially how we gain weight and how we have, you know, disease and how diabetes is developed. But ultimately speaking, like, if you go out and buy a bunch of produce and even are eating plants, but they're laden in pesticides and chemicals, it, is that really healthy? You know, is it really healthy to eat um, a plant-based diet that's not organic? And I would say absolutely not. It, all of the, 
chemicals that are that are on our foods um, and in our water and everywhere else that we're not consciously aware of are undermining every effort that we make towards health and wellness. And so there's endocrine disrupting chemicals that are literally like causing hormone changes in our body that we are you know trying to combat by making good choices about what we're eating. But if we're not talking about organic, we're not really talking about health and wellness because there's just they don't they don't coexist. Um, so I would I would say number one thing is that um, people need to eat a hell of a lot more plants. There's definitely room for animal proteins that are farmed regeneratively, and we need ruminators in our in our country to like maintain the grasslands and to make sure that um, you know the carbon gets properly trapped into the soil and whatnot. We have like healthy ecosystems. So I'm not advocating for an elimination diet of animal protein. But people in general need to eat a hell of a lot more plants and we need to be really committed to organic because that's how we're really gonna start to like reverse disease and, and um, stop the escalation of disease across the country. I mean, I, the, the talk about the nutrition war I think is really interesting because we see this all the time because it also comes up in strength training, it comes up in what studio is getting hot. It's like at the baseline, working out is what will stick absolutely <laughs> like regardless of what yoga studio you go to or what mm -hmm. you do to you know, like barbells or kettlebells eating the right eating good high quality food will stick no matter what scheme yeah. it's underneath so i think that i mean you guys are on a great track because you're you're producing foods that will stand the test of time like doing things for the right reasons with good intentions and doing them well, like that's what will last through keto or whatever else. And I think it's it's interesting for us too to watch because when we got into it, and I've been um, practicing some form of intermittent fasting pretty much for the last like five years, right when I started it was right before it really took off. Yeah. And now that's coming down. And now people are getting away from even calling it intermittent fasting and just like time-restricted feeding. Like that's a <laughs> normal thing now. It is. So it's like we've already gotten to the point where that was the big boom and now it's kind of normal. Yeah. Hopefully the good parts of keto shake out and people understand. It's like, yeah, carbohydrates are really shitty if you're eating thousands Processed of grams foods. of them and going to sit at your desk and not doing anything all Processed day. foods are the, are the enemy. And so I should have said whole foods plant-based diet because ultimately we're talking about like, let's eat foods in their natural state and not in a box, you know, and yeah. not loaded in with all these additives and sugars mm -hmm. and, you know, all these other things that we can't pronounce on the box. Like, let's eat food. Yeah. And I mean, Michael Pollan said it best, that still remains to be the best advice ever given on nutrition. Yeah. And it should be our guiding light as far as how we go forward. And the only other thing I would say is it's got to be organic. It's got to be organic. I mean, I would, I would applaud you guys for what you're doing and staying strict to those standards. Because as you mentioned earlier, like all it takes is some 22-year-old kid with a laptop and a co-packer to just get out whatever keto bar he wants. Exactly. And make a ton of money capitalizing on all of these trends that are coming up. And there's so much money being spent on CPG in the wellness space that it's just like there's too much to go around. Like I actually think at some point it's going to be detrimental because now you're just flooding the consumer with too many choices. Yeah, and I think the money that's that's just swirls around the CPG in, in food is needs to really just drive home what's important. And it's these organic companies that are trying to have a positive impact and being relentless about it. Um, you know, and ultimately the big CPG companies out there are really, you know, adopting it in a 
and truly adopting it yeah and not just greenwashing it like many of them <laughs> do right and they yeah. say oh well, we've got this big organic project and it's under this brand it's like that's less than one percent of your business yeah so let's just be honest about it and give yourself goals that's what you know we're trying to do with our movement on um as it pertains to our carbon footprint we're setting goals we're trying to you know big thing that we're trying to do this year is our biggest uh, bane that we don't like is that we have to put our products in single-use plastic we can't stand it we can't get away from it because we have to have a, pro uh, a package that keeps the product stable on the shelf for up to two years and um, the pouch is the most efficient way to and the most cost-effective way to protect these expensive products so we've been working on a pilot project with our bag manufacturer and we're up to I think 40% of post-consumer inputs for it. And we're working towards 60%, and we have a goal by 2021 or 2022 to get that up to as close to 100% as possible. We don't believe we can get to full 100% um, because you're gonna have to have some virgin plastic just to make it work and bond together well. Um, but it's really exciting for us to be actually able to upcycle single-use pack plastic into our packaging it's a game changer for us and it's the first step you know you hear these products on the shelf um, or companies talking about uh, biodegradable pouches and whatnot we still haven't found one that is truly biodegradable in a pouch that actually state keeps the product safe you have to sell safe food yeah, yeah. Uh, and it can't spoil in 60 days um, there's just no business you'll be out of business in no time um, so there's a lot of people that bend the truth on it, and it's like, well, you push them on it, like, well, 80% of it is biodegradable, but the middle layer that we use to stabilize isn't, and so, well, the whole thing isn't. Yeah. So we're constantly trying to find new ways um, to improve our environmental impact, whether it's in how we transport our foods, certainly how we grow our foods, um, you know, what we do at our corporate campus with our solar program, um, our recycling program, our composting program, constantly trying to find ways to elevate that um, is a big part of what we're trying to, to achieve as well. So it goes beyond just the organic food and providing that source to the consumer and then all the way back to the farmer. It sounds like, like a lot of your mission is um, has a, a big like environmental focus, obviously, like yeah. that's where the product is coming from. Uh, a lot of our social mission has been geared towards well, we're giving all this wellness advice to adults. It's like kind of like why? Why do we? Why do all these adults need this? It's because we didn't get it when we were kids. So I have a question, just like selfishly, for our mission, which is now to empower the a younger generation to start thinking about these things earlier. And if they do that, hopefully they come up and they're much more conscious consumers when they come of age and they get to make their own decisions. How do we get more kids to start consuming these foods? earlier besides just educating their parents because I'm not I, I'm not quite sure that the delivery of that is going to be perfect because then the parent has to go through it then they have to decide how they're going to filter it down <laughs> to the kids because now we just have a direct access to kids like every every kid watches YouTube every kid has a snapchat um, and a lot of these kids are going through school cafeterias that are not serving good food at all good food at all so how do we get kids to eat these types of foods earlier and then how do we make 
these types of foods accessible to people that can't afford to shop at Whole Foods? Like, how are we getting this level of nutrition to our like underserved populations, and how do we do that earlier? Well, definitely, you're you hit the you hit it right on the on the button there. Um, actually, educating kids is a better way to increase nutrition um, education and understanding in parents. It's the reverse. Yeah. So intervening with programs at an early age is a really amazing strategy as trying to change people's um, nutrition behavior. Um, but we, how do we do that? that? You know, it's tough. But we are we support a lot of different organizations through our cause marketing program. One is um, the Series Project, which is a um, tailored um, meal delivery program that that delivers. Um, sort of nutrient-dense organic food to people undergoing cancer. Um, a lot of times those meals go to the entire family, so there's this education that goes along with that because, you know, somebody, a mom who's dealing with cancer or dealing with chemo can't cook for her family anymore, yeah. right? And so we, we've been working with those guys for the last um, five years. Uh, we also work very closely with an organization called um, Conscious Kitchen, and they do also, um, it's Turning Green and Conscious Kitchen. They're intervening um, at the, but Turning Green is more on the college level, um, going in, educating people about all these environmental impacts of, of health, right? But starting with having a lot to do with food, but also personal care products and other things like that. And then Conscious Kitchen is working on changing um, school lunch programs to be, um, you know, fresh, fresh cooked meals, local, locally sourced, organic, non-GMO, um, and I think there's, sustainable all sustainably sourced foods so we need to get into the schools I believe to do these types of education programs and, and actually start to reform what those cafeteria menus are looking like um, we are a long way off but Conscious Kitchen is doing an amazing job there's been a couple schools in the Contra Costa County area where we live who adopted a, a scratch cook model and I mean, they're seeing such amazing benefits in those children. Ongoing studies are being um, conducted right now to sort of evaluate attention and, and performance on tests and things like that. Pretty soon we're gonna have some really nice data um, to support that. And I think every state across the United States needs to start thinking about changing their school lunch program and talking more about, about all of these really important things about, you know, to help with children, children's development. Um, the other thing is, I think, you know, the grocery outlet ideas. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things. Well, one, um, with the series project, what they actually also do is they bring in teenagers to cook the food oh, right. for the families. Oh, that's cool. And then, so they're learning. And yeah, oh, so I great. didn't want to miss that. that and my that son, our son also um, volunteers in the kitchen. Um, so he's learning about how, how to cook, you know, healthy food. Uh, healing foods. Make him do it. Come home and cook <laughs> yeah. you the food. Well, wouldn't that be nice? He, he's gotten excited about it, and it's ebbed and flowed, and his basketball season gets in the way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you work your way up till you get a chef's jacket, and so you get really empowered. And some of the kids have been really empowered and wanted to go on and wow. work in restaurants and become chefs themselves. It's it's pretty amazing. They learn that, that food can be medicine. And, you they, know? and they learn a skill. I keep telling him, I was like, learn the skill. When you go off to college, you will have a head start. Uh, oh my goodness. Or get married. I mean, in it. Yeah. a woman who's yes. like, wait, you can, you can cook? cook? Yeah. Yes. I'm in. So, <laughs> but Megan mentioned Grocery Outlet, which I think is national, but I think heavy on the West Coast. Um, and it's a discount uh, 
grocery retailer, but their whole mission with organics is to work with companies like us to buy products and sell it to lower income uh, communities uh, and at a really fair price. I mean, they have strict margins. You have to give them deep discounts. Sometimes they're buying a kind of shorter dated product that we can't pump through the regular channel uh, or distribution model. But it was funny because as a, as a brand and one that we feel is premium, we were really concerned going through these discount outlets may damage the brand and we were naive. And once we got to know the people at Grocery Outlet, and, and we do business kind of on and off, um, we're trying to get a new program going with them that is ongoing to have some of our products in their store all the time. Uh, but you know, they literally laid it on the line, like we're trying to actually sell organic products to people that can't afford it. That is a mission of ours. And it like kind of set us back. It's amazing. Yeah. We were like, we oh. want to support that, you know? And, and so, who cares about the brand? I mean, we yeah. want the brand to be that available and accessible. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we just literally like, okay, this, we need to rethink this. We're not, you know, this is, we, need, we can't put our brand on a pedestal and, and miss opportunities and miss a really great impactful opportunity. Yeah. Um, that as we evolve the program, will be incorporated into our B Corp audits. This is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it. Um, and so there's others around the country, I'm not sure if they have the same exact mission as that, <coughs> but ultimately are doing it anyway. Um, so there's you know grocery discount retailers uh, you know all across the country, just grocery outlets, one of the biggest ones, and it's one of their missions. So, I think you get down to dollar store level is a whole nother beast, um, but <laughs> there is in between, yep. you know, you know, you go from, you know, the top natural food retailers, obviously Whole Foods and Sprouts, and then you get into the Safeways and uh, what do you have here, Mariano's and Roundy's, mm -hmm. Meyer, um, and then you get down into Grocery Outlet, and in fact, at Grocery Outlet, you can find amazing organic brands and products cheaper than Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, so, I'm not sure awesome. the dollar store phenomenon is um, helping um, no. public health in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, because they no. just sell a ton of processed foods <laughs> yeah, in yeah. areas that are food deserts, yep. and they're yeah. they're edging out yeah. like really good markets, like yeah. local mom and pop shops that actually have yeah. produce. Mm -hmm. um, it's really so hard we're on getting the food backwards. Side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on, on anything mm -hmm. that we're like the quality of what you're selling, which is yeah. most things, I think. Yeah, yep. so tough. Fire tough beware on that. I think ultimately we we want. Um, we want to support organizations like Grocery Outlet who are like, we want to get organic yeah, in the hands awesome, of the underserved. That is an awesome, awesome yeah. mission. Because mm -hmm. yeah. we, we kind of came through the same thing. It's like, you know, someone who has expendable income enough to afford personal training or to come in to afford Barry's classes or a membership like that, like there are millions of people, hundreds of millions of people who yeah. can't. can't. So how do we make wellness accessible for somebody who can't afford something like that? Because like they deserve it. Um, just as on much. the flip side, I, I kind of take issue with this idea that wellness is a luxury afforded to the rich. Yeah. I mean, it takes zero money to throw on some sneakers and go for a walk, or if you're even more motivated, a run. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of. I mean, we need to improve our outdoor recreation areas so that people can actually like find fitness um, opportunities in the cities yeah. where they live, create green spaces where people feel safe walking around. Um, but it. But but we can all engage in wellness. We can all shop on the on the outer aisles of the, of the grocery store. We can all eat more whole food. We can all cook more at home. And whatever your budget, I think there's ways and opportunities 
to uh, tap into that. And I think we just need to empower people to, to seek it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think back to, you know, our $25 bag of superfoods that will last most people two to three months. I mean, that's not a lot of money. It's the upfront cost mm-hmm. that it's is the, the barrier and the investment. But once you do it once, and you start having positive impacts, and then you know you'll slowly build your pantry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and try to experience. We used to have amazing, massive brand blocks that we were really famous for. Um, it's since changed, and as the grocery uh, brick and mortar environment has evolved over the last ten years. But what we always found is when we would have a brand block of twenty different products, you know, the consumer would come in and buy the goji berry or the maca or the cacao. And then they would say, well, let me try these golden berries. Oh, that's what I did. You know? And then <laughs> First they time all of a sudden, they're did. like, that was good. And then they're like, let's try the SIE now. I've heard a lot about that. Um, and they, they just keep going through the portfolio of products. And, and you do build a pantry in the end. Oh, yeah. And and then you have a big investment in it. you got to eat it and not let it go stale. Um, but you and then you start to feel good. And then you start to feel good. And, it's, <laughs> and you do more, yeah. and then you can make more money. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's like... Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's self-investing self <laughs> yeah. in your own self, yeah. you know, which I think, though, that pendulum has really pivoted, I think, in the last five years in a big way where, you know, I think there was taboo of self-care. You're being selfish. And now we are, like, realizing, no, it's actually not selfish. I'm actually better, and I give more to my spouse or partner or my children, or my work, or my coworkers, if I'm taking better care of myself. We all show up better in the world if we're taking really good care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're eating crappy food and we don't exercise and there's no like, you know, cardio metabolic work going on, we don't perform well. Yeah. We don't engage with others well. I mean, so it's like put on your oxygen mask first. Idea is yeah. so brilliant. It's just necessary. Yeah. Right. It's not even it's necessary. Yeah. So one of the questions we like to kind of wrap things up with is our entire motto is having the best day ever every single day. And our mindset about that is more like creating it as opposed to just like, oh yeah, today's going to be the greatest day of all time. Um, it's, it's really saying like if things happen to me or around me, how can I then, if it's something negative, turn it into a positive and move forward? Or if it's something positive, how can I you know, expand on that? And so we love to ask our guests, what does your best day ever look like? Uh, you can take it whatever route you want. Um, so we'd love to hear what your guys, if you could wake up tomorrow and do anything, what would it be? I would go ski, helicopter ski, deep powder all day long. That would be the best <laughs> thing ever. Um, James, so just, I just, just got home from Vail 12 hours ago. Yeah. So <laughs> Not that, in the helicopter, yeah. but it's on my phone. Um, but I, I would take Vail or Snowbird and <laughs> Ulta, whatever. Um, that's kind of like my my true love like when I'm when I do that I'm like god I should just do this all the time (laughs) and I was a ski bum for a very long time I lived in Whistler for a long time so I got it out of my system but I also live in reality Um, you know going into work and having a great day of work working with great people you know great workout whether it's with the team or I'm a bit of a peloton junkie myself Um, and and then you know some quality time with the with the family and kids you know I mean you got to check all the boxes there. It's fun to go and watch the kids do their sports or watch a movie. All those things bring pleasure. Um, our animals, we have two dogs. They bring pleasure into our life. Um, so I think, you know, in just in the real world and day-to-day life, having a good, solid day at work where you feel like you've done something and 
you've had imp impact on people around you and ultimately people outside of you. I think we are really fortunate that we know that um, no matter what our government says, we really do have positive trickle-down economics, which is something we've been saying for 15 years and going to see communities that are positively impacted by our business growing. People literally building homes brick by brick and you go back a year later and they build a lot of bricks <laughs> yeah, and, so and it's pretty cool stuff. We've helped build facilities in remote regions of Peru um, and help other businesses build and scale in, um, in developing countries. Uh, so that all feels good and we all really are very proud of that. So uh, I think we're really fortunate to work in an environment that we can walk away every day feeling good, like we're having a positive impact on people's lives and the planet as a well. whole. My best day ever starts with amazing coffee. No, back up. Starts with eight hours plus of sleep. I love sleep. I love <laughs> sleep. I wonder what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Critical. I, I love sleep. I have a very regimented sleep routine. He can vouch for that. Um, and I wake up with the most beautiful cup of coffee because coffee is life without it. I mean, I go through periods where I do like no coffee and it's miserable. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. So my lovely coffee, it will start with my Latin fusion dance class, which is a community of women that are just so connected and inspired by like what is, you know, this traditional dance form that we sort of get to play with and learn from. Um, and then it would be going off to work and, and hanging with, you know, a positive group of people who are all in it for the right reasons. And at some point going home and cooking like a beautiful home, you know, scratch cooked meal for my family and uh, sitting down and getting rid of the devices for a minute and sort of catching up on the day. I think that would be my best day ever. <laughs> Sounds like a fantastic day. Um, is there any final um, bits of advice or things that you guys want to talk about, whether it's to the audience or about your guys' brand that we haven't gone through um, today? I think we touched on a lot. I'll just kind of reiterate, like, don't be afraid to jump into these extraordinary foods. Um, I really think that when people start to use them, they really feel um, that energy from the inside and, um, and how it like really transforms your body to power you to have your best day ever and live better. Um, so don't be afraid that the barrier is so low and it's just a constant battle that we have, you know, that people are intimidated by it. Don't be afraid. Um, explore. Explore food. Explore the world if you can. Explore your communities. Um, and just right here, you know, in the United States, I'm amazed by how people haven't really explored this amazing country that I'm fortunate to live in. And I have. I've been everywhere. I still have one state to go to in Alaska. Uh, so hopefully I save the best for last, but um, don't be afraid to jump in um, wherever your starting point is. It will only get easier. Um, and that's like what you were preaching at Barry's today. You know, you walk in and you've taken a step forward and when you walk out, you're going to feel better and you've made one step further forward into being better for yourself so you can be better for others. And I would just say, let's raise our collective consciousness about what it means to be healthy. And let's integrate concepts like, you know, organic, regenerative organic into that model because they are synonymous. We cannot have healthy food system or any healthy food reform without a massive support of the organic and regenerative movement. Um, 
and we can we can start to really see the benefits to our entire ecosystem if mass groups of the population move in this direction. So there's so much hope and opportunity, and I would just I would just ask people to to kind of consider every little step that they can make in their life that could help you know help us like you know mitigate this crisis that's that's really happening right now in real time. And just last thing, where can people find you guys? Where can they find your products? Where can they find you online so that they can get educated, get out, sure. and start making their cacao matcha turmeric infused <laughs> yeah. lattes like yes. I make every morning? <laughs> <laughs> so navitasorganics.com is, is a place with tons of information, thousands of recipes. Um, all the products live there, of course. Um, and we've got a discount code for your, your uh, listeners to, to utilize and get a, a solid discount to experience some Navitas Organics love. Um, and then our great retail partners in Whole Foods and Sprouts um, on a national level. Um, certainly Amazon, we have a big Amazon storefront, um, is a great place and, and delivers very quickly. Um, and then a lot of, of, well, the great co-ops and independent natural food retailers around the country great places to shop and really great retailers ultimately to support these are the people that have been doing the hard work the co-ops in particular for 50 years building this industry from the ground up uh, so I encourage people to explore their local uh, independent natural food retailers is a great spot and you'll get really passionate team members there that are very knowledgeable about the products and the brands uh, to give you the information you need um, and then there's great, you know, internet resources to how to learn a more sustainable plant-focused. We're trying to use plant-focused a little bit more than plant-based, even though we're entirely plant-based company, um, you know, and then, you know, obviously just continue to reiterate what Megan has been plugging here, you know, incorporating the organics wherever possible, and you can buy organic food at every grocery store in the country now. And you can find us on IG at Vita Zach or uh, Meg Edelman RN. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you guys awesome. being here, working yeah. out, Thanks hanging for out. Having us, yeah. you guys. Thank you. This Thanks is great. Thanks for so the cool. workout. Yeah. yeah. And the gifts. Yeah. Of course. Are very sweet. Oh yeah. Thank you guys so much. Have right. the best day ever. Thank you. Thank you.